Welcome back to the T-Wolves Country Podcast. Um, today I'm going to be talking about the recent Timberwolves press conference, and I have some questions sent in by you guys that I'll be answering from Instagram. So let's dive right into this podcast. Thank you guys for listening. So the Timberwolves press conference today happened, and the five people that were talking, or the five players that were kind of being introduced, slash being re-signed, and all those things were being announced were... Patrick Beverly, Torian Prince, Leandro Balmaro, Jared Vanderbilt, and Jor McLaughlin. They all had moments on the stage today. They all held up a jersey. Um, so Leandro Balmaro, he's finally made the... Um, I don't know if he's really put the pen to paper yet on the signing, but yeah, it's happening. He's a part of the team. He's a part of the roster now. He's going to sign his deal if he already hasn't. I mean, he probably has. Um, but yeah, if you guys want to know the logistics on that contract... It's only like $2.3 million against the cap this year, so it's not really a massive infa- massive impact. Um, after that signing, the Wolves have $920,000 below the luxury tax, which, I mean, we could turn that into a player on a veteran minimum. If we do want to give a guy a vet minimum, I think that'd be fine. I don't think the NBA would make us pay luxury tax for that. Um, but let's talk about this press conference. The biggest takeaway, probably, and that, that's been being posted everywhere, is that Patrick Beverly, he had a really sweet quote today. Um, he basically said, I've made the playoffs every year since I've been in the NBA, and I don't expect that to change this year. So, obviously, the expectation for him and for the team was to make the playoffs, and I love that. Um, the West is, you know, talented, obviously. I think the Eastern Conference might actually be harder this year. That's a different topic. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be tough to make the playoffs, but I'm very happy that these dudes have that as a goal. I think if you go into the season, that's not really your goal, then you're probably not going to make the playoffs because, you know, you're not really driving for it. And this team really does seem to be driving for that goal. And that's really cool. Um, Finch and Rosas talked a lot about defensive versatility. I think that's just like the main thing they were talking about. And honestly, when you look at the names today in the press conference, you know, Patrick Beverly, Leandro Balmaro, Torian Prince to an extent, Jared Vanderbilt, like those four dudes. Um, I would leave McLaughlin out of this, though. He can't really defend multiple positions. But those four dudes, they can defend multiple positions. Um, three of them can name, I mean, three of them can defend multiple positions at a really high level. I think Prince can be a good defender, um, but I'm not as big of a fan of, hi- of, of him on the defensive end compared to those three dudes. Um, but yeah. I think defensive versatility is really needed on this team, and we've got a lot of it this year compared to last year. We barely had any of it to start the season last year, it seemed like, and especially knowing all the injuries we had and all that type of stuff. But Leandro Balmaro, if you watch the press conference, you just could tell he was like one of the happiest people in the world. He was smiling nonstop. Um, Gerson Rosas does speak Spanish too, so he was translating a tiny bit for him, but actually Leandro Balmaro, his, his English is pretty good. Um, so that's pretty cool. I'm, I'm happy about that. If you guys are fans of the Minnesota Twins, you know a lot of the players on that roster need interpreters. Um, so it doesn't really seem like that'll be needed. Uh, if you listen to the press conference, Balmaro's English was pretty good. He didn't really, you know, I, th- I think there were some questions where he didn't fully understand. That's all right. He's going to, he's going to continue to adapt as he, you know, spends time in Minnesota and the U.S., and, I mean, he's got a full season coming up of Tim Rose basketball. He's going to, you know, 
that's going to help him out a lot. And also Pablo Prigioni, if you guys know who that is, he's one of our top assistant coaches. He may be the top assistant coach. Actually, he's probably the, he's probably the number two assistant coach. I think Mike Nori is the first assistant coach. But Pablo Prigioni, um, he was an assistant coach for the Argentinian Olympic basketball team, which if you guys didn't know, Leandro Balmaro played on that team in the Olympics. Um, so they have a, you know some chemistry already together, and they I'm sure they're friends. So that's cool. Um, and also, talking about relationships... Patrick Beverly and Leandro Balmar apparently have a really good uh, like friend relationship already, and that makes sense. They both have similar backgrounds. They're both coming from, you know, pro leagues that are not college, and they're getting drafted in the NBA. Um, they both are really gritty and tough. They both are really high energy defensive players. Um, really, the big difference is the fact that Leandro Balmar was like five inches taller than Beverly. But, I mean, they're, like, really similar on the defensive end when it comes to toughness and kind of, like, annoyingness. I, like, Beverly, I mean, Balmar doesn't really trash talk or anything like that, but he's just one of those guys that you never want to go against because he's, like, so annoying to get get by because he's just going 120% every single play, you know? Um, Torian Prince was talking a lot about, you know, he thinks he can be a really good defender for the team. He can defend positions three and four which is the small forward and power forward and sometimes he may even defend the center which is pretty cool and if you guys i don't don't know if the twins aired this on tv tonight but patrick beverly threw out the first pitch for the game and yeah it wasn't very good unfortunately i can't show a video on a podcast right here but the ball bounced like a foot in front of the plate um that was that was pretty funny um so obviously you know Good thing he's not a baseball player. Good thing he's a basketball player. But after this, I'm going to get right to... I think I have three questions to answer. Yeah, I got three nice questions to answer. And then we have one more segment after that today. All right, so my first question is a two-part question from Liam. Um, I don't say his last name. Gallius, something like that. Um, But two-part question here. First question is, what is Jaden McDaniel's ceiling for next year? Second question is, also, how do you feel with Jaden as the small forward next to Vanderbilt and Cat? Um, I think Jaden McDaniel's ceiling next year is an all-NBA defender. I think he has potential to hit that. I'm not saying he will be an all-NBA defender, but I think if he plays the best he can next year, he can be a top 10, or maybe not top 10, but just all-NBA level defensively. I don't think that's like an extremely hot take. It's probably a hot take um, because, I mean, he just finished his rookie season. He was elite defensive. He was the best rookie defender, by the way. Um, I mean, he just has the, the complete tools to do it. He added weight off, you know, over the offseason. And you could even tell in his rookie year he was looking better and better every game, it seemed like, on the defensive end. And obviously in summer league, he was a lockdown defender too. So, I mean, it's, it's summer league, but... Some of it translates because they're, I mean, he played Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams is a really good forward. Um, and then the last part of the question, I, I, I really love him as the small forward. I think he's the best when he plays small forward. And I think that because he's, he's a really versatile defender. If you're playing power forward, you're going to defend the guys in the paint more. You're not going to be around the, the, you know, the perimeter as much. And Jay McDaniels, he's, he's really talented on both ends. So I think if you put him at small forward, he can defend both of those things at the same time. Um, on offense, though, actually, I got to talk about his offensive potential, too. On offense, I mean, he can be a really good shooter with us um, with nice, aggressive play attacking the rim.
I don't really have a point-per-game threshold, maybe 15 a game. Um, I think if he was, like, on the Magic or some team, like, that had a ton of shots that he could take at his peak, he could get close to 20 a game, but he would have to take a lot of shots, probably, like, 17, 18 shots to get there. Knowing he's also not a very good free-throw shooter yet. Like, that's kind of one of the things people don't look about, I mean, look at for Jade McDaniels, and that's something he really needs to improve on. Like... I can't. I think he was like a sixty percent free throw shooter last year. Like he didn't really get to the line that much, so it wasn't like a problem that was constantly exposed. Like let me look here. Yeah, he was a sixty percent free throw shooter. But the thing was, he only attempted 0.7 free throws per game, so that wasn't really you know exposed. Hopefully he can jump up like ten percent this year. Now I'll consider that a nice improvement. But let's get on to the next question. All right, we got another question. This one was sent in by King. Uh, underscore chains who is your favorite player in the nba that's not on the wolves so i've got two for this one i'm saying zion williamson and lebron james i have a zion williamson jersey by the way um i'm just a big fan of both of them mainly lebron james i've just been watching him my whole life he's one of the first players i started watching zion williamson i followed him throughout high school and the college i'm a big duke fan so obviously i was a big fan of him at duke um, just his insane dunking and highlight plays are awesome to watch. And LeBron James, just the way he plays the full game, he can play defense. He can shoot sometimes pretty well. Um, one of the best passers in the league every year. One of the best scorers in the league every year. Just one of the the greatest player of all time, in my opinion. Um, that's probably just, you know, those are my top two favorite players that are on the Wolves. After that, I would maybe say like Stephen Curry or something like that. I don't really know who my next favorite player that's on the Wolves is. But if you ask me who my favorite player on the Wolves is, that's Carl Anthony Towns. And right after that, I would say Anthony Edwards. All right, next question. Do you see a Kogi getting a big role on the roster? So I personally don't really see Josh getting a big role on the roster. I would say I'm I'm a bigger fan of him than most people. I'm a little more optimistic about him as a player. Um, I've always thought he was one of my more favorite players on the team. I just think he does struggle this year getting in and out of the rotation. Unfortunately, with his lack of you know you know shooting on offense, um, he's not that big of a body. I mean, obviously, he's a top four defender on this team, but not just you know that will get you into the lineup, like. Look at our top defender that's not very good on offense, Jared Vanderbilt. He's one of the best rebounders on the team, so we need him on the court. And he's more versatile in the defensive end, so he can guard big guys. And, you know, plus, Vanderbilt's out of positional need. If we needed shooting guards, then yeah, Josh Kogi being the rotation. But we have so many guys at Josh Kogi's position in the, the rotation looking for spots. Like, I'm not going to give Josh Kogi minutes over Jalen Noel, you know? Or even if you want to consider Kogi's a small forward. I'm probably not giving him minutes over Torian Prince. Like, I see situations where Josh Kogi makes a lot of sense, and there's minutes of the game where I'd love to have him on the floor, and those minutes would be, like, when we need defensive stops. Maybe we're trying to, you know, like, say we're up by, like, 10, and our starters need a break. So, yeah, let's put out a defensive lineup that includes, like, Beverly, Kogi. Probably going to need, like, a guy like Beasley because you need that scoring ability. Um, maybe McDaniels, Vanderbilt, Nas Reed, some of those guys. You know, if you need defensive stops, Josh Kogi makes a lot of sense. But if you're in a tight game, you know, Josh Kogi doesn't really make sense on the floor. I mean, 
unless you're like, oh my gosh, we need his defense so badly because, I mean, his, his offense is just not good enough right now. And other than defense, he doesn't really bring anything else to the table like Vanderbilt does. Um, but no, I, I think he does start the season in the rotation, but I think once Balmaro, you know, gets better and gets used to the team, I think he takes his spot. Um, honestly, I don't even know if he'll be in the rotation to start the season. That's kind of a question to me right now. I kind of hope he is because I'm a fan. I like watching him play. I think his energy is awesome on the defensive side, but honestly, if I had to make the tough decision, I don't think he would be a big part of the team next year unless we had injuries. I mean, if there's injuries, obviously, he's going to be playing in good time. I just don't really see a world where he's starting games at all for us next year. I could see games where he's like a good rotational piece, but I just don't really see him as a massive piece of the roster next year. Um, I do see him at some points getting good minutes, but I wouldn't consider that like a big role in the roster overall. All right, we got one more question asked by you guys that I'll be talking about here. How does Balmaro fit alongside the starters? I think he fits really well. I don't really know how often he'll play with like a starting lineup. Like I don't really think he'll ever start for us next year. I don't really think he'll ever be like the one guy who plays with four other starters, though. I think he can play with a mix of them, though, at different times. But if he was in the starting lineup, I mean, he fits really well. He's a great defender. He can space the floor really well. He can hit open shots from three. He can facilitate sometimes as like a secondary or a third playmaker on the floor. I mean, if you have like DeAndre Russell and Cat on the floor, you're not going to need a secondary playmaker because those two dudes are top, you know, play. they're better than Balmaro playmaking. But he had size. He has defensive versatility. He fits really well. I think he complements people's skill sets and he really knows how to play his own role. Um, he's been playing pro basketball for a while now and that's basically what it is. You play roles down there. Um, he can move around the court in space super well as he did constantly in the pros um which is a very important thing over there so he's really good at that stuff so i mean yeah if there's if there's a world like if there's some crazy world where he's starting and he's got to play alongside those guys i'm confident in him i think he fits really well with them um i would have other people starting over him for sure but he works i think he'd have a good game yeah starting around those guys i don't think he'd be a negative I think he could be a positive. I think he'd be more of a neutral player, though, because he's so young right now. If you ask me maybe like in a year or two, then yeah, I would like to start him for sure. But he's, we'll see where he's at this year. All right, I got one more topic to talk about today. It's not really a news topic. It's just like a post I made a few days ago on my Instagram. Um, it's a stat post, by the way. These stats were found by Wolves Clips on Twitter. You should go follow them. Um... So these are the top fourth quarter scorers in the NBA after the All-Star break. At number one, Russell Westbrook with 260 points. Number two, Jason Tatum with 247 points. At number three, Anthony Edwards with 242 points. At number four, Carl Anthony Towns with 222 points. So two Minnesota Timberwolves ranked in the top four fourth quarter scoring in the second half of the season that's extremely impressive like especially for anthony edwards that is really really cool to see a kid at his age he was 19 years old doing that that's extremely 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 impressive in my opinion when i watch those games a lot of people are like always oh, they're scoring garbage minutes like no that's just that's false we didn't have like really any garbage minute games then at the top of my head i can only think of like two games where 
where there was a bunch of garbage minute scoring, and that was against the Bucks and Nets, and that's because Carl Anthony Towns is not playing. We were getting blown out by like 30 in each of those games. And those are the, really the only two games in the second half of the season right now that I can remember, like where we got blown out by. Like I'm going to try to scroll down my feed right now to see if there were any others, really, if I can do that while doing this. Um, also, people kind of might be wondering, where is the Ben Simmons update? I don't really have one today. Um, I have. There just hasn't been much talk around Ben Simmons recently. It's not because things are like drying up or anything, but it's just like we're at the dead spot where Philadelphia wants a lot, and teams aren't willing to you know match their prices. Um, I think this will go on for a few more weeks, and then Philadelphia might evidently bring down their price, but we'll see what happens. Um, that is it for the podcast. Thanks for listening. Um, I think we have 18 days until the first Wolves preseason game, if I'm correct. Not 100% sure on that, but less than three weeks away from the first preseason game. Training camp will start in 13 days, so less than two weeks for that. Um, everybody seems hyped up. I'm assuming most players are returning to the Twin Cities about now. Um, I know Carl Anthony Towns is still in Miami, but he'll be returning soon, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, so the season's the, the season's coming right back. By the way, the plan for the podcast, my hope is at least the beginning of the season, when I'm not as busy because basketball for me will start up uh, like in November. But at the beginning of the season, the plan, hopefully, is to put out a podcast every game we win. Um, I just feel like that would be the most entertaining thing for me to talk about wins. And if we're on like a big losing streak, I'll have to address that too, which hopefully we don't ever go on. I don't even want to talk about that. We don't, I don't want to jinx us. But I'm definitely be posting about wins. Um, so yeah, we'll see how that goes. Thank you guys for listening. I'm going to hopefully drop my next podcast on Saturday, someday like that. I think Saturday would make the most sense. Um, or Sunday this weekend. I'm going to at least try to get one down this weekend. But yeah, thank you guys for listening. See you guys next one. Peace.